You are listening to The Tape Deck. Thanks so much for tuning in again whenever you're listening. Here's your weekly review roundup of Spectreview for the week of July 22nd, 2019. Rhode Island experimental artist Lingua Ignota, aka Kristen Hader, put out a new record called Caligula. Some of the most extreme, impactful music you will listen to this year. Huge, loud versus soft dynamic, wholly beautiful, wholly terrifying. It's about domestic abuse. Oh my god, it's serious stuff. Go give it a listen, it's amazing. Uh, Also, the Melbourne jazz scene is flourishing, and they want to let you know because they put out a compilation called Sunny Side Up. It's a whole bunch of artists putting out different jazz songs. A lot of them are in uh, world-dominating bands like Hiatus Coyote. Go check that out if you like that kind of stuff. Also, Penelope Isles put out a new album called Until the Tide Poops and really sleepy, somnambulant indie pop. Uh, Very accessible, very listenable, good beach stuff. Go check that one out. And finally, Strange Ranger is putting out one of the most interesting indie records this year with Remembering the Rockets, apocalyptic uh, indie pop and indie rock with a whole bunch of different 80s, 90s influences. Go check that one out. Thank you so much for listening. And now, here's the podcast. Enjoy. Today with me on the podcast, I have Kurt Roy. Uh, he's a member of the Seattle indie band Sea Salt. They've got a new single called Frames. You guys should go check it out. It's on a lot of streaming services, I believe. Uh, shit's dope, y'all, as the kids, I think, used to say. Kurt, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Yeah. Uh, we had a great conversation uh, maybe 10 minutes before we started. That's not going to get recorded, unfortunately, because I wasn't recording it. <laughs> That's how it is. Uh, Kurt, is there any really cool music you've been listening to lately? Ooh, yeah, <laughs> wow, um, yeah, um, I have been listening to a lot of cool music lately. Cool, Spotify cool. Spotify does that to you. It does. You yeah. find, you just find, you pick and choose, like it just literally throws shit at you. It's, it's like your dream person comes and just whispers. It's true. Yeah. Unless uh, it's Drake Scorpion, which they promoted right. the shit at. Do you remember that? Last Was it last year when Drake put out Scorpion? Yeah. And uh, Spotify pulled uh, an, iTunes, uh, an iTunes and like just, it was... He was the face of every single playlist on Spotify, including the playlist that he wasn't a part of. Oh yeah, I think I remember. Something it was about that, borderline yeah. offensive. Like <laughs> even if you even if you like Drake's music, you had to look and be like, mm, yeah, 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 yeah. You know? That was wild. Yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I just did a review for um, uh, this uh, band called uh, Horse Jumper of Love. Have you heard of them? I haven't. No. So they're a slowcore band. They're from Boston. I mean, I, I hesitate to use this, the word slowcore, even though I used it a lot in the review. They mm-hmm. call themselves slow rock. Okay. So it technically, is slowcore. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Um, really awesome. Gent, not really gentle, because they're a harder rock band now. Mm-hmm. But very melancholy. Great melodies. Ooh. Super, super cool. Totally recommend go check it out. Okay. Yeah. Um, it'll probably have been a month since it, it came out by the time this comes out. But you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kurt, today. Mm-hmm. We are going to be talking about something that I think is subconsciously, it it holds like a fire or a passion in all of us. Because anybody who loves listening to music, I would assume does it on the down. Like, like nowadays, everywhere you go. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, Whether or not you're using Bluetooth headphones or you still like using an iPod or even if you're one of those people in Seattle that still listens to portable cassette players. Right. And I know that there are a lot of them out there. Got and you know here. who you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the portable music player has evolved so rapidly over the last 30, 40 years. Absolutely insane. Kind of crazy. And and it's really one of a story of um, outdated technology. Yeah. Really is what it comes down it to. Is. You know? Um, and at least in this city, tapes are coming back. CDs are still not coming back. Do you yeah. own any computers that have a CDI drive? I do. Yeah? I have a 2010 MacBook Pro. Oh, you're lucky. And Wait, you still use it? I still use it. It's I just opened it up. I just made it faster. But yeah, I left I left the CD drive oh in there. God. Yeah, I am. We're recording <laughs> this on a 20... I think it's the end of 2014 um, nice. Mac. And uh, there is no CD drive. I've got a gaming laptop that does not have a CD drive. Yeah. I got none of that and my CD collection is uh, embarrassingly rich. So I just touched a CD for the first time in a couple of years like yesterday. Did you see I the physically face of God? touched it? Did you see the face of God? Uh, and it felt crazy. Yeah, I was like <laughs> it was taking me back. It felt crazy to touch something like that. Yeah. Man, you always had to be careful though. Yeah. Cuz I was always when I was a kid I used to just fuck with them and then I, I would I I had broken 3 CDs and my mom was like 
yo, yeah. you have to do something. <laughs> you have to take care of this shit. I'm like, I'm six. I don't need yeah. to. Yeah. I used to scratch mine and, and then I'd like spit on it and then like <laughs> wipe it on my jeans like in my car and then like put Ew. it in there and be like, hey, it works. Yeah, it makes it not skip anymore. <laughs> and that Rub would... peanut butter on it. Yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, there were so many crazy uh, uses for things that would help buff out CD scratches. And it's funny because really CDs were... It was the mid-80s when CDs started to become a real thing. Yeah. Um, and then they really only lasted for 20 years. Like, once MP3 started to become a thing, the yeah. sales just went, Foo! People are taking, always going to take the path of least resistance. There. I remember, uh, this is not for music CDs, but I used to have, a, I guess you could use it for music CDs. I used to have this contraption that I bought at Best Buy yeah. for like $20. Uh-huh. It was like a plastic thing with a wheel yeah. and a crank. And you would put what? the CD in, and it had like a little buffing thing. So you would crank it. Oh. You'd put like this cleaner on it, and you crank it, yeah, and dude. it was supposed to buff out. <laughs> I it remember worked, this. It worked half the time. Okay. Like it would. There would sometimes it would really work, and sometimes be like, "Well, I just ruined a CD." Whoa. Yeah. I definitely absolutely remember those. Yeah, being at Best Buy, being like, uh, "One day I gotta buy those because I have a million scratch CDs that I need to like, fix. <laughs> I need to fix my Green Day CD here. Yeah. I, need to, need to I think everybody up. needed to fix their Green Day CD. Yeah. Yeah. yeah who yeah. knows? We were doing those Green Day CDs when we were younger. Oh yeah. Take it on the bus, take it, put it in my backpack. Everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. It's like um, your, uh, it's like your phone now. It just comes with you all the time. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I was there. I was there when I was a, a little, a, a witty bitty teen. Um, but we have to start at the beginning to before we were both born. Right. Um, so there was a demand. People actually didn't realize this. I think the only company that realized this was Sony. Right. Uh, back in the late seventies, but there was there was an unspoken demand to listen to your music, A, out in public, right. but B, in private. Right. So um, there was a man named Andreas Pavel. Mm-hmm. He was a Brazilian-German inventor. Yep. And a lot of people consider him, not a lot of people, actually. Yeah. It's, it's sort of on the down low. He actually just ended up, relatively, because this is back in 2004, he just ended up receiving right. royalty payments yeah. for the patent. Right. Yeah. For what he called the stereo belt. Yeah. And if you've seen patents of this thing before, right? It's essentially yeah. a belt that has a portable player on yeah. it that then has connected headphones. Right. It seems like the sort of thing that would be in Back to the Future. Like right. one of those things would be like, I'm going to listen to music. Um, this, this stereo belt, he built prototypes. He tested it out in Sweden. Apparently the very first song that ever got played Ooh, on a portable what player is... It? What is, it? is a song called Push Push by a jazz flutist. Flautist, I think Flaut- is how you pronounce it. Flautist. Flautist. Yeah, yeah, flutist. Yeah. <laughs> um, by Herbie Mann uh, with uh, guest guitarist Dwayne Allman. Oh. That was the very first song. And he was like, I, I was looking at the mountains, listening to this song. I was like, this is transcendent. I want to take this with me. I know. Yeah. And he did. That's So he made the prototype. Yeah. He approached ITT. Mm-hmm. He approached Grundig. He approached Philips. He approached Yamaha. No one said yeah, yes. Like, you know what they all this. said? They said, no one's going to want to listen yeah. to music out in public. Yeah. Why so, would anyone want to wear headphones? Exactly. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. It's the whole, it's the whole like Google Glass thing. Nobody's going to want to walk around with yeah. it on your face. But That's a, true. In, a, in, a, in an actual like way that people... Do you remember? I absolutely completely forgot Google Glass was a thing. Yeah. Holy shit. Only with headphones, it actually stuck and worked. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with headphones, it stuck. Yeah. I don't know. Google Glass has yet to be There's a the thing. same kind of fear, though. Of are, is people, are people actually going to be putting these on their brains and, like, walking around? I know, right? Because nobody had seen those. You know, it wasn't, like, a main thing that you saw somebody walking down the street with. Yeah. As an aside, uh, it is one of those things where there was a huge... I want to say, like, I think it was the early 2010s where after um, Blu-ray started getting big mm. and high definition was the new thing, there was all of a sudden this weird push for futuristic technologies, mm. especially around the time of the smartphone. Um, 3D technology was a yeah. thing for, like, maybe two years, yeah. and then everyone had a headache, and they stopped. Google Glass was a thing for, like, maybe yeah. a year, and then all of a sudden they were like, wait, no, th- we're not advanced enough of a population. Right. We don't care. Yeah. We care too much as a population. I wonder if that has anything to do with, like, um, like 4G technology. Like, I don't know if you've been reading about, like, like 5G technology. Like, that's, like, the new thing. I'm, and that, not, like, I'm, not, I'm not the hugest tech nerd. Tell me about it. it like, so, from what I understand, 5G, is the, it's going to be the newest... You know, on your phone, you got 4G, and everybody's like, "Well, what is that?" And it's it's, it's like 4Gs, yeah, man. yeah. And so like 5G is gonna enable us to like download movies in like like three seconds, like full movies. That's and dangerous. Think, and I think like in 2010, that the 4G technology came out, and so everybody was kind of like 
taking advantage of that of the of the download speeds and everything and that whole Google Glass and like, yeah, oh, yeah. we're kind of living in the future. We got this new infrastructure <laughs> now where we can have four G technology and like that whole <laughs> thing happened. Yeah. yeah. Well, the problem is, is that five um, G is data, right? Yeah. So there's a huge push right now for. I mean, net neutrality is not a thing anymore. I know it's a states' rights thing, but like, states' rights. Like freaking. <laughs> uh, that seems like it would take up so much data, like yeah. so quickly, right? With five G, like. Yeah. I can't even they, imagine. The the nerds and uh, the nerds around the world figured it out where we can do it now. Yeah. One day, and then one day we'll have six Gs, six Gs. But six by then Gs. we'll all be melted snowmen. Yeah, by then we got what twenty years left on this we got planet. Twenty years left, and then all so fish die. Five G will be our last. Don't let news <laughs> like that depress you. There is so much good shit happening <laughs> right is, now. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna move on. So yeah. the stereo belt was not a thing, but what right. was a thing mm-hmm. was that um, the first, if you remember, the very first thing that you could use to play music mm-hmm. were cassette tapes. Right. This was a thing that was invented by uh, a Dutch company called Philips, uh, which we all still know. I we think know they Philips. they're still good. Like they 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 invented a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. But um, I don't know what they're doing nowadays. They're still making TVs. I'm assuming. Yeah. I think they but they're definitely not the leaders of the market yeah, anymore. They're not. They're not. They're not up there on the yeah. top five. Yeah. I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, originally they invented cassettes, and that's a whole topic we'll get into in a whole that's other conversation. Insane, to think about insane. yeah. The yeah. fact that you would run yeah. right back and forth and magnets and how do those work? They were originally invented uh, for dictation, and if you saw right. old clips of like journalists with tape recorders, yeah, you know, that was assi- essentially what cassettes were made for. Right, like yeah. they're meant for mono sound. Like you, yeah. you only have to record sound. Yeah, with a cassette. from what I understand, people that was kind of like the first portable like. It was it was the first portable technology was kind of like made for like journalists to yeah go out mm-hmm. in the field and like record like voices and stuff. It's yeah, true, which is crazy. Philips developed a bunch of them. Sony developed one called the Pressman, which okay. makes sense, right? Because it's for press the press, man. right? Yeah, um, and they also invented um, some of the first uh, cassette tape players. They were using so the story of how it came about was um, Sony co-founder Masaru Ibuka. He was. Traveling for work, and mm-hmm. he was using a model of their cassette recorder called the TDC5 or the TCD5. Sorry, mm-hmm. you get the numbers and the letters confused. Right. Um, and as he was traveling with this was a machine that could record as well, but he, it right. was too bulky for him to carry it around. Yeah. Um, he couldn't put it in his pocket or anything. So he asked executive deputy president of the company, Norido uh, Oga. He wanted to design a compact version of that cassette recorder, mm-hmm. but only for playback, no recording whatsoever. Uh, and he wanted to use it through headphones. Yeah. He was like, make it work, like Tim yeah. And eventually, you know, they signed the red tape, they got the developers to do it, they put mm-hmm. out the prototype, um, and they designed uh, a model of the Sony Pressman that had all those specifications, mm-hmm. and it was called the Sony Walkman. Never heard of it. Psych! <laughs> <laughs> I remember... Um, not owning a Sony Walkman, because I guess it was my mom's, but I remember mm-hmm. when I was really young, yeah. like up until about nine or ten years old, I used a Sony Walkman. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, fun fact about the Walkman, real quick. Yeah? Do you know 40 years ago yesterday, that's when it came out? What? July 1st, 1979. Well, I know people... Right? That's 40 years? You know how many people I know that are older than 40 years old? Yeah, a lot of people. That is insane. Happy anniversary, basically. We'll, Happy we'll anniversary. An anniversary, yeah. We all have the Sony Walkman, really, to thank for being able to listen to music and podcasts, yeah. really, uh, wherever we go. Because the, 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 the brilliant thing about the Walkman, it changed a lot. So, yeah. a little backstory. The Walkman actually wasn't known as the Walkman in the U.S., before it got popular. Oh, um, there were a lot of Japanese... Sony, their marketing department, yeah. were unsure. Because the thing about Japanese culture is it hadn't really hit America as much as it did until the late 80s when all of a sudden... And actually, the Walkman helped contribute to Japanese culture becoming oh, integrated into Western okay. culture. That makes sense, yeah. They were unsure at the time that the, the name Walkman... Oh, like, yeah. It seems natural nowadays, but back then, it's kind of a mixture of Japanese English that they right. felt... They, they were unconfident about it hitting the markets and being right. catchy. So they marketed the Walkman as the soundabout, soundabout. In, the, in the U.S. Honestly, so, I like that a little more. The soundabout? Where's our Walkwoman? Where's our Walk? <laughs> it's like, true. Yeah. yeah it's true. The Walkwoman. Well, yeah. that was a whole different thing. <laughs> um, so it was the soundabout in the U.S. It was the stowaway in the U.K. I think it was the free play or the free sound or something like that in Australia. They had a whole bunch of different names depending on each English speaking market. But eventually they realized a couple of years before they decided to come out with more commercial models that um, the cost of having to um, 
make a new name and register a new name was too much. So oh, like, well, I'm just going to yeah. sell it as a Walkman and see what happens. Oh, yeah, they'll read it and buy it. And, yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Sony was already kind of a popular company in America just because they were making essentially products that Philips were already making that were popular right. in the U.S. Yeah. yeah, they're, yeah. So they expected to sell only 5000 a month. They sold 50000 in the first two months, and right. they were like, wow, we have something here. Um, and it became a phenomenon in the U.S. Like, it didn't just... It it, com- it didn't just sell well. It completely revolutionized music oh, yeah. in this country. Think about like that being a thing you can buy. Yeah. And and the thing about that is it was a brilliant it's like one of the perfect things if you think about marketing and like how certain things get marketed mm-hmm. and, and what hits well and sells well in the US. Yeah. This had the perfect combination of we're selling it to a mass market and anyone can buy it, but by buying it, you personalize an experience for yourself. Right. Like, when you buy this product, you, you can, can play whatever you music you want. You can throw in your, yeah, whatever you want to listen to. Yeah, you can throw in, it was like one of the first creations of, of the playlist ideography and mm. mixtapes were a thing. Like, yeah. Music all of a sudden became so much more personal because of the fact that since there wasn't a playback on this thing, you had to listen to it by yourself. Yeah. Um, and... It personalized your environment. It allowed you to to identify even more with the music you were listening to. Yeah, it opened up a lot of doors for people. Yeah, for sure. Not all coincidentally, it also coincided with the '80s aerobics craze. If you remember in the '80s, you know, so much of the fashion was about getting yourself fit and active, and the Walkman was a huge huge part of it. Yeah. Also had two headphone outputs, so you could listen with a friend. Exactly. Which yeah. Is not only that, that, we don't have kind of anymore, which is crazy to think about. I know. And the reason why is because early in the models, uh, besides the two headphone jacks, they also had um, a hotline switch. Oh, what? And when you pressed this switch, if you were listening um, together, yeah, um, it would activate a small microphone that would detect sound from outside, so it would reduce the volume, so you Whoa. could talk to each other. Like a dim switch. Whoa, that's crazy. A little bit like a dim switch, yeah. They just, however, figured out that it was just a little redundant. Like, it wasn't popular among yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, you could just kind of take your headphones off. Exactly, and, yeah. yeah. And then um, it was more of an isolating thing anyway, so they just decided to can it altogether. But that was a, a facet for a few, a feature for Did a few not months. know about that. That's, that's kind of crazy, yeah. And then, yeah, it's, it's cool to see, like, you know, something like that, a big technology like that, and then them kind of, like, seeing, like, how it's being used and, like, well, people aren't really using this and to kind of adapting what they're putting out. It's is, true. You is, see that a lot. Yeah, you see nowadays. that. I mean, with everything, really. But it's it's interesting that, like, that technology was so new, people didn't really know, like, how people would be using it yeah. fully, 100%. Like, do people, would they use this button It's to true. Do Honestly, that? in my opinion, headphone jack, just a fad. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Imagine how obsolete that was. Whoa, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, the Walkman, obviously, it was one of those things like Kleenex. Like, it's just oh, like, it's, you just... It's synonymous with... Sony couldn't... A court decided that Sony could no longer sue other people for using the term Walkman because it's just one of those things that just described yeah. exactly what it was. It's like Jacuzzi. That's yeah, a company. pretty much. Oh, my God, you're right. I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, it's Kleenex. It's uh, um, Swiffer. Swiffer. It's, yeah. Tylenol. Tylenol. There's yeah. so many, yeah, there's so many, like... Genericide is what they call it. Genericide. Yeah, when yeah. a company takes over a generic product. Yeah. Um, uh, there's one more thing that, that cassettes and Walkmans ended up doing, portable music, and this was the first effect of portable music being active in people's lives, and it's what um, the professor uh, Shuhei Hosokawa called it, mm. the Walkman effect. And what this is, is it's, a, it's, it's the effect of when you're listening to anything, whether or not it's music or podcasts, mm. usually it's music, or any sound. Um, ASMR, like that. Exactly. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> it has a significant effect on your environment. And what we we talk about perception, mm. you know, mm. and it's sort of this, uh, it's a theory of perception at least, where mm. listening to music stimulates certain parts of your brain that that control for emotion right. and fear and everything, and it directly influences how you view your environment, you know, and and there were pluses and minuses to that. There was also a professor, um, he was of the University of Sussex. His name was Michael Bull. Um, and he also sort of coincided that listening to music allows you more control, especially if you're the kind of person that wants control over your surroundings. Um, it gives you more control of the processing of your world. Um, it's very prevalent in cities because when you're walking down mm-hmm. the street, a lot of um, there's a lot of potential for random human interaction, right. and that itself can be a stressor. And being able to tune out that world is itself yeah. can be a very beneficial. And that thing. had never really happened before. If you think about like people like at their jobs like if you're like a janitor or like you know yeah or you're going to work like there's these times in your life where you know you've got like a you know you're at the job or you're on your commute and you've got like 
15 minutes or you're at your job for eight hours but like you can kind of like create your own environment and that had really with auditory and that n had never really happened before it's true and and the thing is, is that because there was nothing like it that had happened before, there was a lot of controversy surrounding it because people were unsure of the actual consequences of listening to your own music in private, in public. You know, yeah. for instance, <laughs> um, uh, there were some claims that this kind of technology would promote like narcissistic behavior, detachment. People would be rude. <laughs> there would be like, well, this is going to be in a whole other class of humans right here that don't give a shit. People like Hosokawa and Bull... Um, counter this they're like it, I don't believe it because that's personality stuff like mm. that has less to do with the actions if you're that kind of person maybe you just do that a lot but it's not the kind of thing that causes yeah it's kind of already in your brain exactly what they did believe that and this and this is true nowadays we see everyone with smartphones nowadays mm. and it's just a logical extension of the Walkman effect right. really is that when you're in a room, like how you and I are in a room, mm -hmm. talking face-to-face, -face, inches from each I'm other. I'm actually in Tokyo. He's lying to me. No, we're actually in the same room. Don't no, give it away. Don't <laughs> give it away. Um, it, there is an unspoken, or at least there was, there right. is an unspoken balance and equilibrium between our interpersonal energies. Right? Sure. You can see and hear everything I'm saying, and I can see and hear everything you're saying. I can see your body movements. Yeah. I can hear your voice, whatever. And if someone is wearing headphones, mm -hmm. even if they're not turned on, or like even if it's turned to a low volume where you can still hear the other person, that equilibrium is all of a sudden imbalanced. Whoa, and that's it so true. It's true. And it disrupts this, it's like this weird unspoken reciprocity mm -hmm. between each other. It's like if you're talking to somebody and they're wearing sunglasses yeah. you know, to a lesser effect. Like there's a difference between looking and being looked at. And if you can't see the other person's eyes, yeah. it, it like there's this weird negativity that can form very yeah. subconsciously. I've been know? on the subway and my phone is dead and I'm, just plugged in my headphones, no music, just sitting with my headphones in because yeah. I don't want to talk to anybody. Exactly. And like, they don't know that, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's yeah, the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And especially when you're straight up talking to someone like, th so they believed, so that would be, it would be the kind of technology that would end up causing imbalances like that. I see that, yeah. Cut to 30 years later and I am sitting in a group of people at a, at a dinner conversation and I've got my phone out and it's like one of those things where it's yeah. like, I am, am I part of the conversation or am I not? That's crazy you know? to think about. I didn't think about it like that. Back where, then, you just, had, you just had the other person. Like there was no other thing. Yeah. Like maybe they were reading a book or something, yeah, but it's hard to distract from you that. You twiddle your thumbs, but it's not you know as extreme as throwing some things on your ears or like, yeah, I got the mm -hmm. square in my hand. Exactly. Yeah. And we've been like that for a while, but it never used to be that way. And that is what the Sony Walkman created, helped create, at least. So there's so many different things that the Walkman did to help change at least American culture. Right. You know? And then American culture changed every other kind of culture, especially yeah. back then. So, you know, the Walkman was the start of what would soon be each different kind of technology one-upping itself yeah. in an attempt to make portable music playing that much more enjoyable. Yeah. Like, we hit the more. market. Yeah. There's nothing else like it. People are all of a sudden addicted to it. I know I would be. Oh, totally. Where do you go from here? Like, what was after cassettes? I think we all know. Yeah, we got yeah. the little, little guys The little finger the, smudging, little wheel finger scrubbing. Smudging called CD, CDs. Yep, peanut butter will fix that. Um, this was stuff that had been in development since the 60s. People were fucking around with lasers that's and stuff. Yeah, ugh, that's since the 60s, I know. The technology on CDs. Do like, you remember LaserDisc? People, um... Because I, I don't. I'm going to tell you don't, right now. But I know like CDs still use like a lot of the, like it's still a laser going, it's like a, it's like a laser record player essentially. Yeah. So, and that's true. It was indeed sort of based, especially because back, back the earliest CD players, especially the Philips ones, had a swing arm me mechanism yeah. instead of like what would normally be nose. So if you've ever looked inside a Discman, which is the later Sony model, or any other CD player, you'll notice that the laser track moves on a radius. It's mm. like it goes up and down. Mm -hmm. Back then, Philips CDs oh, like, had like a swing arm. So oh, it, it covered like, like a little it. bit of the circumference. I see. Yeah. Or like inside. Okay. So it would come around, and that was sort of supposed to be similar to how vinyl players would yeah. be. Yeah. Even like hard drives still, like, like, like physical hard drives still come exactly. the same way. Yeah. Hard drives, physical hard drives still work that way. CD players worked like that for a time. So wild. Up yeah. until the radial um, laser, which happened a little later. Um, the funny thing is, is that Sony, the company that helped break portable music private portable music at least for a while, they were actually the first person to come out with a portable CD player. That was called the Discman. Discman. Yeah. Discman. Discman. I had one. That now now we're talking now we're talking <laughs> our generation. We're born now. Now we're we're out the womb. We're here. Yeah, we're here. What is this C D? I'm five. Um I had a series. My very first C D? Oh shit. 
So the first CD I remember listening to mm-hmm. was the Rugrats in Paris soundtrack. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was one of those like Nickelodeon CDs or something like that. I just yeah. remember listening to TLC. And I remember I evolved from a series of disc players up until I received the Sony CD Walkman ESP Max, which is this like silvery thing. Mm. And that I didn't need any others because when portable disc players, including the Discman, started coming out, mm. there were these weird things where they didn't have anti-shock properties. That, yeah. Yeah, you I remember. know about that. You'd yeah. just walk like <laughs> a couple steps and the thing would skip. Yeah, I'll yeah. try to skateboard with it, and then be like, "This is skipping. This, this is, is not working." Yeah. yeah, I'm just gonna plug my cassette tapes, and that's why really yeah. CDs didn't start taking off until, or at least portable CD players didn't start taking off until like the early '90s. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. Like, you have this crazy technology, CDs, and then you can like not only have like a CD player like in your house, where like you know you have a standalone thing that will work no matter what. It's one thing to do that, and then it's one thing to shrink it down into this portable thing. But then it's also crazy to think about, like, to make this portable thing, like, even better and to make it more, like, consumable for people, like, in a practical way. Like, throughout their daily lives, you got to, like, add something else, like this anti-shock technology. Like, you got to add all these other technologies yep. on this existing thing to make it work. Oh, yeah. And then when, it's, when it gets perfected, where else do you go? Right. Because I think that's what happened with the ESP Max. I freaking loved that thing. Um, I would carry that thing around nonstop. I'd burn CDs. I used that thing all the way up until I got my first MP3 player when I was like 17. Yeah. I think. Yep. I fucking love that thing. Yeah. Um, CDs were a step in the right direction. It wasn't nearly as revolutionary and just groundbreaking as listening to cassettes. But they did do a couple of of things that were now considered luxuries. Oh, you totally. know, like sound quality. Sound like quality the was one of thing. songs you can fit on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 72 whole minutes <sighs> yeah. of music that you didn't have to flip. You didn't have to flip. You could skip tracks. You could you like just... go back. You didn't have to listen to the full thing mm-hmm. or like, you know, kind of eyeball it by mm-hmm. scrubbing through your cassette player. Utility, industriousness, all these things are part of CDs becoming a thing. And then once, I mean, the first, if you remember, the first Discman, mm-hmm. which we don't remember because we weren't alive, um, was sold for $350. Whoa. Would you buy a CD, a portable CD player for $350, especially back in 1984? I, I don't know. I think. <laughs> if you made enough money. Yeah, right. I don't yeah. know. I don't think a lot of the people, that's why cassettes made, remained rampant through the yeah. 80s because it just was too expensive. And not only that, that was half the price of uh, Sony uh, CDP-101, which was their first uh CD player. That's seven hundred dollars. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's a little. Yeah. And you had to buy the CDs. It's a barrier. So yeah. I mean, it, it like you know, forget about forget about like your average like yeah. you know McDonald's worker having a CD player. Yeah. It's, it's that, kind of these like not middle class people listening to music. I mean, even though there were bands that were getting that were that were latching onto this, Dire Straits mm. um, were the first band to sell one million CDs worth of their album. Wow. Um, David Bowie in uh, nineteen eighty five. R.I.P. Became the first artist to convert all of his albums to CDs, and then there was a mad rush. Whoa, okay. Yeah. So if you remember, um, I think the Beatles were one of the last bands they to do it. They were very, yeah. And then a lot of it wasn't, especially a lot of their albums got shafted, too, if you remember. Yeah, like I, a, I remember there was, yeah, that whole thing, and then, like, Michael Jackson bought all the Beatles rights to all the Beatles songs. And, I and think then they started putting them out. Now I think they're kind of everywhere, but yeah. I well, now, was, once, once uh, 2009 came around, and uh, they were like, well, it's been... 40 years <laughs> yeah. since 1969 they're like yeah. we're gonna redo all this and remaster all of it and now they're just doing it over and over and over again yeah you know all, all, a lot of the Beatles albums are being remixed now by Giles Martin and they sound amazing have you heard the new uh, Sgt. Peppers I haven't no it's the 50 year edition and he he didn't just remaster it he remixed it so if you remember Sgt. Peppers sounds like trash mm-hmm. on stereo because uh, stereo was still a novelty back then yeah they, so they didn't did, have physically they did it as a novelty yeah. but the main mix was mono so yeah. stereo, just like the drums were all the way on the. I right. kind of dig that, to be honest. It's yeah. I don't know. I have a I have a I have a outlook on 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 the remastering. I don't know if I'm a big fan of the remaster stuff. Yeah. Well, you should check this stuff out because okay. they really do. It does a number. It's okay. just like one of those things where all of a sudden instruments come out of nowhere. Yeah. Like crucially, especially in their stuff, there's a there's a weird empty middle ground. Like right. it's either panned hard left or hard yeah. right and there's not any middle ground. Mm-hmm. All that shit just gets like yeah. spread across it the It is spectrum. interesting to kind of hear like, it's kind of like a new song at that yeah. point. It's, it's like, like a Wizard of Oz Technicolor what, moment. Yeah, it's like, like baking the cake with, you know, the same ingredients but like baking it differently, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It's amazing. Yeah. You totally got to check it out. I'll, I'll eat that cake. Yeah. But <laughs> so they had their stuff on CD later. Um, so purity, the fact that yep. it was all of a sudden you didn't have to deal with analog bullshit mm -hmm. and um, actual physicality of like getting stuff on tapes. You know, um, the fact that they were rewritable, easily rewritable. Oh yeah, rewritable. Forgot about and that. And the funny thing about CDs was that there was something called the Rainbow Book uh, Spectrum. Have you heard about that? Um, Rainbow Book Spectrum. No. So Rainbow Books. It essentially was a guideline on how to specify formatting of CDs across different types of CDs. So the CD-ROM, which was like the, the CD when it started to get popular, yeah. was covered under the yellow book. And the first one what? was the red book. That was like the CD-R, like the CD-something. You know? oh. And so it was red book, yellow book, beige book. I think the orange book covered both of that. The, the beige book was literally just CDs for, I think, text. So, I like, see. if you were saving something on a CD that was specifically designed to hold text, right. which could hold a lot, yeah. um, you would have to make that CD under the specifications of the Beige Book. You I know? did not know It's that. literally That's just wild. a code. Yeah, I know, about. right? It went all the way up to Purple Book in, the two th in 2000. Okay. And then all of a sudden, um, CD technology just hit a standstill, and then MP3 started becoming a thing. Right. So there were like nine or ten different specifications. Whoa, that's wild to think yeah. about. But the fact that there were like 20 different CDs and they all needed their own specifications, yeah. that already spells like... That spells like, this is going to last for a little bit. And this is going to last... Then no, we're going to eventually... You're wrong. Else. This is going to yeah. last forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's one more thing we need to talk about before we actually get into what everyone's listening to nowadays, which is MP3s. Right. Um, so up until... I mean, not up until, but mm -hmm. like the whole aesthetic and the the allure of the Sony Walkman is that you could listen to music and it had to be by yourself. Like You were the only person that could right. listen to things through headphones. People were developing portable music players that actually had um, loudspeakers. Mm -hmm. um, and they were called boomboxes. Yeah. I mean, they, it was informally called boomboxes, um, but they started to become boomboxes, the name, because of the fact that the low end would really come through. Yeah. And as far as I know, those happened before the Walkman. I believe so, yes. Yeah. So um, the first boombox boom was invented by, you guessed it, Philips. Philip, Philips boombox. They did everything in yeah. 1966. They called it the radio recorder. Radio recorder. Yep. Oh, and, yeah, um, that was a big, that was big. Big yeah. thing, um, because uh, they were able to broadcast radio. Mm -hmm. No cables, no microphones, nothing. Huge Just revolutionary, yeah. Mid-60s, that's huge. Um, obviously, there were Japanese brands that that started making these things. Sony, of course, um, companies like Toshiba, Panasonic, right. make their own boomboxes. Um, in their home country, they would obviously overtake European brands. Um, boomboxes started hitting America in the late 70s, and that's when they started getting associated with urban culture. Mm -hmm. So you would see that a lot in cities, particularly African-American, Hispanic cultures, mm -hmm. You know, the music associated with that. Mm -hmm. um, boomboxes were huge with that. And yeah. then boomboxes ended up becoming integral to the rise of hip-hop, because the right. thing about boom, you just think about it. You yeah. Know? I mean, yeah. Being able to play music portably but have other people listen to it, all of a sudden, not only do you have. Thing. It's a social thing, exactly. Yeah. There's a sense of community that's so necessary in urban culture. Mm -hmm. You know? You can and take so, it to people. You don't have to be like, come to my house to listen to my like vinyl record player in my bedroom. Like, you, you could just go bring outside. it to them. And it was yeah. portable because there wasn't any cables or anything. Just put some batteries in it. You're yeah. Good to we, go. Yeah. That's like, um, also, little sidetrack, but like batteries being invented, like, I mean, I don't know the history about batteries, but like just thinking about like a thing that you can stick, you know, you can power this thing and walk crazy. around with it. This is wild, yeah. The, how far we've come. Yeah. Now, batteries, I can't even remember the last time I bought batteries. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with those. I'm done. I'm never buying a battery Double A's, ever. triple A's. When are those quadruple A's coming out? I want to, once, once TV remotes can charge from a, from a wall, I, we're, we're done. That's true. Yeah. God, the, the, the chargers, the wireless chargers I've seen on the internet are just crazy. Yeah. The ones that light up. That, which is strange to me because it seems like it would, it would take more energy to do that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't actually. I'm not really thinking about it right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so they became integral in hip hop culture. Uh, they, you know, it's 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 a social thing. Yeah, you know. Totally. And the thing is, it became so big, it became a status thing. So like, mm -hmm. where people would hold boomboxes, the bigger and the more ornate oh, and the more elegant, yeah. the better. Totally, that makes you know? complete sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, people really don't use them anymore. Though, mm -hmm. I don't think they became uh, outdated. Like very outdated after mm -hmm. uh, after certain things were coming. I mean, and the thing about it is that there are still quote unquote boomboxes, but they're like the likes of Bluetooth uh, yeah, shower like things that speakers, you speakers, yeah, yeah, like any speaker speakers, that will take it. So yeah. it's still the concept of putting a loudspeaker in a portable thing is still a thing. Yeah. Maybe it's just not boomboxy, you know. But like Sonos are technically an extension of boomboxes. They're mm -hmm. just, mm -hmm. I mean, I 
Are they wireless? Mm. I don't own a pair of Sonos or a Quad Sonos or a. I don't know it actually. Yeah, no? I'm not sure. I just know that people like them. Yeah, you know, and that's how things that's how things proliferate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Twenty two episodes in, by the way, and proliferate is my favorite word in the world. So Pro- you know, proliferate. Yeah, this thing gets big enough nice. you can play bingo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he said it. He said it. It's the middle free space. Um, so. I mean, this is all a thing of the past now. Physical media is, is, no one does it anymore. I mean, people do. They do. It's it's certainly outdated, quote unquote. Um, but it's not mainstream. It's not mainstream. But there is a point where people were getting so used to listening to music and they just, essentially it becomes from a new thing that you, that you don't take for granted mm-hmm. to a thing you do take for granted to just yeah. like, a, well, I have to have it. Yeah. This is just part of my life. It's just something that you get, like, a bike or, like, you exactly. know, a skateboard. It's just something that, like, part your of life. parents buy you. Mm-hmm. If you're lucky enough to have parents that can buy you things. Exactly. And you just, it just becomes part of your perception of what life is and growing up. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now, where do you go from there? So, we have the CD. People were like, well, what's the next thing? Right. I mean, there were hard drives, like USB things. But right. that, that was all digital media. Essentially, the next step was we just had literal data. Yeah. That just has music. Yeah. You know? Um, that's the portable media player. And we think about like MP3s, which are still the industry standard mm-hmm. for, for compressed audio that doesn't take up a lot of space. Right. Most streaming services stream MP3. Yeah. I think some of them do wave and then compress down with their own algorithms. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like band, you can stream stuff on Bandcamp and choose your yeah, file size and yeah. your, your type of file of choice. But yeah. So do you know when the first portable music player was in, portable media player with data? Do you remember, or do you have a guess as to when the first prototype came out? As far as I know, I know like the first like to market MP3 player came out in like 1998, but it probably like was in some sort of like patent thing like before that for sure. 1979. Damn, really? 79. I was, I was Data. close. <laughs> so it was a guy, and the funny thing is, is that no one would know this guy. Um, How's that even possible? I know, right? What happened was it was this guy named Kane Kramer. Is his name? Well, which first of all is amazing. <laughs> Kane, Kane Kramer. He sounds like he should be selling cream corn right. on the side. He's got Kane Kramer's cream corn. Yeah. <laughs> um, he developed this prototype called the Ixi, Ixi, um, in 1979. Filed for a patent in 1918 or 1981. <laughs> <laughs> he went back in time. Yeah. <laughs> Sixty years ago and hired a patent. He's like, I'm going to be the king of this. Right. Generally, how patents worked back then, and I guess still do now, is that he got it four years later. Okay. And was like, I'm going to sell the fuck out of this shit. Um, watch this. Uh, he didn't end up doing anything with it because he th- just couldn't make the money for it. And also data back then was just, it was just computers were so I nation. still don't understand how, I mean, at that I point they're really. still using like floppy, di- they're still using like in some places yep. like literally like paper, you know. They're, they're, it might all just, just be hearsay. Not, yeah. yeah. The technology was just not there. Yeah. So what happened was 1988 rolled around. Mm-hmm. He needed a certain amount of money to renew the patent. Mm-hmm. He didn't have that money. Mm-hmm. So the patent went to public domain. And this is where so many different companies starting in the mid-90s started to make their own um, MP3 players and, and portable media players because it mm-hmm. was different from MP3. Uh, that's when they started to do it based on this patent that all of a sudden oh. was in the public domain and Kramer is sitting here like I Damn. did this this was me they're like <laughs> he, sitting on the thing waiting for patents to drop yes. and like hey, we got it exactly. yeah, let's start making them yeah. there is a happy story um, when Apple started putting out the iPod uh-huh. and started designing the iPod back in the early 2000s um, Kramer came to them and was like I did this and instead of just shooing him away, they hired him on as a consultant. Oh, that's cool. Because that's a smart decision, right? Yeah. This is the first guy to do it. Get the brains in here. Yep. Yeah. And not only that, um, they acknowledged him publicly as the actual true inventor. So even though the, it's in the public domain and legally he's not allowed to get any money off of it, mm-hmm. um, it's still acknowledged, at least in history, that this was the guy. That's cool. Yeah. So at least they gave at him least, that. Yeah. Not, <laughs> gave just, him some breadcrumbs. Yeah. yeah here you go. Almost 40 years after... After it was acknowledged, he he invented it. So he did Whoa. it. Forty years go by, and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm I'm the guy. <laughs> I I can go to bed and brush my teeth and put on my pajamas with that knowledge. Yeah, they gave yeah. me a little plaque I put over my bed that says yep. that I invented that. Go to sleep. Yeah, while well, they're making millions. Nice, <laughs> nice. So the funny thing about portable media players mm-hmm. with MP3s is that unlike the Sony Walkman, 
and the Sony Discman, which didn't catch on as much as the Walkman, but actually they rebranded in the late 90s to CD Walkman because of how strong the brand was. Oh, I see. So the Discman turned into the CD Walkman. Okay. But essentially you would just still call it the Walkman. So the funny thing about Genericide is that it didn't end up working out for the media players because, um, I mean, it, it got close. Because if there's one media player that we know of yeah. that started taking over the world, yeah, what would you guess it would be? Yeah, it was the iPod, iPod right. yeah. Um, which is funny because there were so many different companies. AT&T started making their own thing called the Flash Pack. And the reason why they called it that was because they had their own form of compression. Like data. Yeah, compression, data yeah, that okay. they called PAC. Um, which, but they later switched over to AAC because it was a lot more convenient. Mm-hmm. You know, It just ended up being an outdated technology. Okay. Um, the actual first portable MP3 player mm-hmm. um, was this, uh, was actually designed by a South Korean um, technology uh, system company mm-hmm. called Saihan. Saihan. And they developed what they call the MP Man. Yeah. You know, they just was, taken yeah, yeah. I was reading about that. Yeah. MP Man. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't take off. No, it did not. Rumor has it, didn't take off. It was in America and in Canada, technically. Yeah. Um, they had an American uh, facet of the company. Like, they had a branch they called Iger. That, so they rebranded as the Iger Man okay. in the North America. Okay. Um, and as these technologies would go on, there were so many different companies that were doing their own, like um, the Rio, I think, was one of them. I forget which company it was, but they were involved in a big lawsuit with the RIAA because mm. they they claimed they inspired people to download music illegally. Right. I think the Rio <laughs> was associated with Napster and stuff that, like that. That it stopped immediately. No, that never got, Yeah, that exactly. Never got, yeah. <laughs> more models, more space, and that's important because oh, as totally. the, the very first MP3 player had, I think, 32 or 64 megabytes of space. Okay. Which is nothing. And I think you still had to like listen to, like you, you still couldn't, at that point, select songs. No, it was player. literally just, it had or one, some of the earlier ones had an early LCD screen where mm-hmm. you could see the, the song name, mm-hmm. um, but it was a little bit like the Sony Discman, yeah. or, which had its own LCD, LED, LCD screen. Um, yeah. 64 megabytes is like an album. Like, mm-hmm. And maybe it wasn't back then, maybe it was two albums, but 64 megabytes is nothing. And then... Essentially, eventually it would go to be like, oh, this is 200 gigs, this is 500 gigs, there's a whole gigabyte of space here. Mm-hmm. Now there's 10. Now there's 20. Yeah, we got that like, Moore's Law going yeah. first. Yeah. Up until the iPod started taking off completely, mm-hmm. there was, I think, a 60 gig model that some, some company had come out with that's not important. Um, Apple started developing their own portable media player. And the reason why is because they actually saw it. Like they saw the market being like, it's, I, there's yeah. so many different models and no one's taking everything. This is our chance. And uh, they started developing little different models. They took this guy on as a consultant. They hired a whole bunch of different companies mm. uh, to handle manufacturing and um, prototypes and designing the thing. Okay. Which is, you know, there are certain companies that, that were responsible for the wheel mechanic. Yeah, like it's all it's all parts that you're kind of putting yeah. together. Yeah. Do you remember the first time you used an iPod? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. I think I, I never actually touched an iPod until, like, it was my iPod. Yeah. yeah. Was yeah. it a regular iPod or it was an iPod Touch? Uh, it was a, it was, like, not the original one, but it was, like, the thinner, like, the black nano? one. The Nano. Yeah, I think I had the Nano. Yeah. It was, like, still glass. Yep. Yeah, it was black still with glass. the silver back, but, like, it had the yep. black on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Like, the first time I used one, it was my friends. I didn't actually, mm-hmm. the first portable media play. I mean, the first iPod I had was a Touch, and that was back in college. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I used the wheel mechanic, it almost made no sense to me. I was like, oh. I, don't, I don't understand Yeah, this. if you think about that, like, now, I mean, because we're so used to, I mean, everything's touchscreen now. Yeah. Like, that was kind of, like, the last, like, physical, you know, ribbon, you know, touch kind of thing that kind of existed, because everything is all touchscreen now. So, yeah, the mechanics of, like, spinning in a circle to, like, select a vertical up and down thing yeah. is kind of interesting to think about. Exactly. And it's one of those things where I think it doesn't click for the first 10 minutes, maybe, mm-hmm. and then they, it's just one of those things where you get it, oh, and totally. then you're like, oh, I can't live without this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did have a Sony, I, not a Sony, I did have a, a an LG chocolate Foam, yeah. flown yep. when I was younger, and that Chocolates. had that wheel mechanic. So that was maybe the first time. God, that thing was a piece of shit. Yeah. Oh my god, T9 texting. T9, never so forget. Where, never where forget we T9. Yeah. Oh my god. I think I had a chocolate. Yeah, I had a chocolate, and then uh, I think I for some somehow I ended up being like the cool kid with the phones. I think I had a chocolate and a and a razor. And a razor. Wow. 
I think I, that's town. probably why. That's probably why um, I ran for homecoming king because I thought it was cool. <laughs> they just want your phone. Yeah. <laughs> and our homecoming king is <laughs> Gert Roy, and they just crown the phone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sidekick, sidekick. Did you ever have a sidekick? No, I had I wish. an intensity three, which that. is sort of the same thing. It just like flipped up. The physicality of phones. If we can have just one aside, uh, the physicality of those flip phones. Yeah. I do miss. I do too. And they're trying to do it again with the. Uh, I think they developed a Samsung Galaxy that fl- that uh, folds. Oh, I've seen that. I heard that yeah. was a disaster. Okay. Yeah, I but they're it. they're working on it right now. Because wouldn't that be cool to be like. That would be really cool. It, neck, click. That whole tactile, like... like that physicality, I yeah. miss it. Yeah, and there's whole people that's whole job is to, like, design sounds for, like, products. Like, vacuum. I was learning, like, vacuums don't aren't loud. Like, they're actually not loud. They design them to be loud because you think that it's doing something when you're vacuuming. Wow. So the whole process of, like, clicking a phone or, like, spinning the iTouch wheel and, like, it having that, yeah. that, like, feel is, like, really mm. important to people, yeah. That makes sense. It's the little tiny details that, yeah. and I think that's really, it, there were a bunch of reasons why iPod ended up becoming like the industry standard. Mm-hmm. One yeah. of them was those little tiny details in manufacturing that ended up being so important to people. Mm-hmm. The tactile sense, like yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. Another one was that the music industry was in a crisis by the early 2000s. Oh, yeah, if you remember, out. music piracy was rampant. Oh, yeah. Things like Napster, Napster were letting people torrent. LimeWire. LimeWire. Yeah. I remember those days. I remember my dad was really into it up until Whoa. he heard the news that people were starting to get subpoenaed for it. Because any any oh. adult <laughs> were just like any adult's like, wow, I can have my music for free. This yeah. is amazing. And so my dad taught me how to torrent when I was what I think maybe six or seven. And I remember uh, downloading because there was this band that was popular. You, you're my age, right? Yeah. Um, do you remember the Eighteens? I remember the name. I could not name you a single song. I though. fucking loved the 18s when I was a kid. What they were essentially was a, it was a blatant repackaging of ABBA for oh, okay. like, and I think the singers were like maybe 19 or 20, maybe. Oh, but it was cool. essentially just like a repackage, a reglossing. They would just do the songs over. <laughs> yeah. I fucking loved them because it was my introduction to ABBA. Yeah. Um, and I would download that. I would download Britney Spears and yep. Backstreet Boys yep. and Insane. Totally same. Yeah. God and. It's funny. Enabled by enabled by dad. That's that's wild. Mm-hmm. I always found it kind of an interesting coincidence that the sound of that that music, the Max Martin like oh, yeah. metallic snare like mm-hmm. sound of the boy bands and the 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 and like Robin and um, early Robin mm-hmm. and Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera, yeah, match, matched up almost ideologically with. Uh, the digitalness yeah of exactly yeah because like it was like the 2000 new new millennium yep, like the cold and, clean feeling yeah. of digital media yeah i've thought that before and that's that's wild to think about like it, it kind of just like coincidentally all kind of happened like i'm sure like people didn't you know max martin's not sitting in the studio being like well the ipod's coming out we got a mp3 <laughs> now, Martin, so yeah. let me do this thing yeah. on the synthesizer that's going to make it sound different yeah. they just are making music it's and it true. just coincided with the technology y- you know i wonder because max martin was doing his biggest stuff in the mid 90s late 90s and I mean, MP3 players were starting to become a thing then, but mm. they were not well known at all. Yeah, like so you think they were thinking them. about that? Yeah. in the studio, it's possible. I mean, Maybe. who knows? I, I can't get into the head of Max Martin. As Wish. much as I've tried, as much as I have uh, crossed my legs and, um, and and cleared my mind and thought about it before bed. <laughs> if I did, I would be. I would have rolled up here in the Lamborghini. And not yeah, that's true. Nineteen ninety nine. My Saturn life yeah. would have been so different. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the iTunes. So they were trying to combat music. Piracy, yeah, totally. And iTunes was exploded, Huge. right? Even though it didn't solve um, the big, you know, crisis about music piracy. Oh yeah, that would come like later. Ninety-nine cents for one song, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was I mean, it, hard to get, exactly. to get on board with that. And the funny thing is, is that CDs were still popular up until oh. mid two thousands. I was still buying CDs. Yeah, yeah, soon I was doing both. It's yep. like yeah, there's you don't you don't immediately switch to one thing. It's kind of like you buy a CD and you download. It takes some. a second. CDs were still big, and they were selling for like what fourteen, fifteen dollars yeah. a pop to combat those prices. Right. Um, MP3s were relatively cheap. Like music, inflation-wise, was cheaper than ever. And people were still downloading their music for free, which made sense once you get used to it. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah. don't want to go back. So iTunes became a huge thing because it was so streamlined. It was so easy to be able to use. Yeah. It also doubled as a media player itself that you would put on. Yeah, like was, you would it use it on Windows Macs, Media Player but, for you know, yeah. your Mac or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Was, was they eventually developed it for Windows. I yeah, believe, I, yeah. More. They, I, I was reading they like 
obviously we're like, this is going to be on Mac only, but then like it took him a while to kind of realize, oh, we should also do Windows. Like, exactly. We can't convince everybody to yeah. buy our computers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a, a combination of vortex, if you will, mm-hmm. of smart manufacturing yeah. and savvy marketing right. um, that caused the iPod to explode. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, everyone was using it. I remember an episode of The Office. Do you remember? Have you ever watched The Office? Yeah, I just finished it for like the third time today. Do you remember the episode, the very first Christmas party? It was like in the second season where they do a Yankee Swap. And, oh, uh, oh, yeah. And Pam gets the, an yeah, iPod, iPod and, it gets and it's like around. the big yeah. gift. Yeah. I wonder if that was spurred by Apple, like reaching out to Maybe, NBC yeah. and being like, it's, we need this to be. I mean, it's got, that's 100% product. It would placement. have been really savvy. That's 100%. Yeah. yeah marketing is insidious. Yeah. And to make it like a, ooh, it's a big thing that I'm getting. Like, yep. It's a special thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the funny thing is, while the iPod was the industry standard, there I remember just so many people having different media players. Like it was one of those things yeah. where people didn't just call it, oh, you've got your iPod, even though I'm using a yeah. SanDisk Sansa mm-hmm. or like a. Got my uh, Zune out here. Yeah. I had, they developed a Walkman. For MP3s, oh, that's well, what I had. Yeah. Um, so it, it didn't end up being an industry stand. I mean, it didn't end up being like the thing that everyone called it, like yeah. genericide. Which is but. interesting to think about because now it's so synonymous. Like, oh, what a, you know, it's the it's it's the it's the genericide thing. Like, it's an iPod. It's like it's, it's true. Just, it's what your you call iPod. MP3 players. People yeah. call iPods different. There are different models of iPods. Right. That it's people like would iPod call Touch, iPods. iPod Nano. IPod they would just still Classic. call it iPods. Yeah. Right. You know? um, so where are we now? Like. Obviously, it's 2019. 2019. Um, music streaming has been a thing since, I think, the early 2010s. Mm-hmm. That seems about right. Um, what do you, as an aside, what do you call the 2010s? I call them the Ot-10s, or the 10s. I don't I think, think I about them. I think I just the say The 2010s. Uh, yeah, the 2010s. The 2010s. The 2010s. Which sounds dumb. Well, it's the not... decade's about to end, so we've got to figure this out quick. We do. But what, what would you call, like... I guess you say like mid '90s, but people don't say like mid. Well, I guess mid 2000s, but yeah, 2010s is kind of like yeah. What do you call those? The we'll figure 20 it out. Ots. We'll figure it out in 2025. Yeah. Well, we're gonna figure it out in 2039. Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. history takes 20, 20 years, years to, to settle like, in. Yeah. Figure out what we were doing. It's true. Yeah. Um. So the funny thing about streaming is that besides the fact that it was made to combat music piracy and eventually did its job, even though the music industry is still reeling and. You know, there are all these controversies about artists getting paid well. Um, There wasn't really one specific start to it. Like, there were a whole bunch of companies that were starting it. SoundCloud was a big one. Um, Spotify ended up becoming a thing. Deezer. Bandcamp. um, Bandcamp. Groovesharp was a big one. Groovesharp. Groovesharp is not a thing anymore because... Oh, RIP. They went bankrupt. Um, There's another one. Oh, yeah, like Reverb Nation. I did not hear. Oh, Reverb Nation. Yeah. Reverb Nation is a strange one because. That's a weird one. Um, uh, Reverb Nation is for artists, right? Yeah, it's kind of like a it's kind of like a band camp. It's yeah. like a worse band camp. It's like a worse, exactly. Like a I way remember, worse band I remember camp. When, I was, when I was starting my own music stuff, when I was thinking about it back uh-huh. in the uh, the earlier of the 20 aughts, 10s. <laughs> actually, I start saying that. Aughts sounds better, actually. 20 like so The that. 20 aughts are 20 last aughts. decade. Yeah, this yeah. is the aught 10s. Aught 10s. Yeah. Aught 10s. Um, when I started making my own music, I looked up Reverb Nation. I was like, "Oh, great! This is a way for artists to get out." Mm-hmm. I just had such a hard time with it because yeah. it's like the music, the media player sucks. On yeah, it. it's almost to the point where years later, no one would take it seriously. I think like Reverb Nation was came out. I could be totally wrong, but I feel like MySpace was still around when Reverb Nation came is out, it and old? it was like, and I was like. What's the point of having? Re- I've got my MySpace. I can stream music on my MySpace. <laughs> That's true. They really try to design it as a thing to be like, oh, uh, artists will get out, and then other people know it. But was MySpace the first introduction oh. to people for streaming? Maybe. You know what? It might be. I think the, about the thing it. about it. It's, I think it's it's like practically. It, it is absolutely a thing that you can look up. Uh-huh. Like it's something. It's something that I think is yeah. is, <laughs> yeah. is researchable. Yeah, but yeah. there's so much different. Like what came first? I think it yeah. just sort of all came about at the same time. So you know how fast this stuff it's was moving. Insanely fast. Yeah. Moves, yeah. What we do know is that MySpace is essentially just for music nowadays. Yeah. Like I don't know if they're rebranding to be something else. I think that's the plan. But I um, hope so. Eventually, once Facebook and Twitter and and certain social media platforms Die. started becoming the the norm. Yeah. MySpace just ended up being like, well, we're not that anymore, but we're going to still do music. Yeah. And it, there were some success stories. That's how Team Impala got famous. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. I, I don't know about like like post everybody migrating to Facebook, like MySpace and it's like, you know, older days, but like for sure, like when it was like 
you know, big. Like that's everybody was was on there, and like so many people. It's true. I want it to come back, and I want the old MySpace to come back. <laughs> everybody would be on it. Maybe. I think it would it, be our space. It, yeah, our Rebrand. space. Rebranded as our space. I guarantee you, every single musician would get back on MySpace and do that if, it, if the old one came back with the profiles and you the think? streaming. What 100%. 100%. 102%. Facebook is garbage for face, you know, for music streaming. Facebook, like, how about just Facebook is garbage? Facebook is just, I mean, yeah. I garbage. feel like every single thing I hear about Facebook in the news nowadays is something terrible. It's not good. It's, I mean, yeah. if you want to find out about your high school friend that has a baby now, that's cool. Yeah. But you know what's the newest sensation for depressing the fuck out of yourself? Uh -huh. Look up Facebook work conditions. Ooh. <laughs> and you'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So many stories keep coming out about um, about uh, living standards, about like people that search for hate content. Oh shit! And how yeah. like there's like PTSD is rampant, drug use oh. is rampant. Yeah. Like, because you're the person who has to look at 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 things and like judge whether or not it's oh, safe for yeah, the Facebook. people that are filtering that stuff. It's still humans doing that because the algorithm can't job, cover it. Yeah. yeah. It's it's cut them. They outsource like, a lot of that stuff. So there's like yeah. There's literally offices all around the world, and they're all jobs just to click and like, oh, that's that's uh, gore, that's pornography, yeah, that's it's yeah, horrendous it's like, to think that there imagine. is a job. Has there ever been a job in human history that's, where that's the case? We can go to Mars, but we can't figure out an algorithm to like get to make those jobs kind of go away. That's, yeah, it's really traumatizing. Oh honestly. my god, yeah, I can't even like that's your job it's your whole to just job. look at horrendous things and then over and over and over. Yeah. God. I can't even. Yeah, that that is that is the shit we're dealing with today. Yeah. You know, but that's an aside. Yeah, right, like, right, right. We're talking about happy things, right. like music. Yeah, like music. Um, the funny thing about MP3s is that it became the industry standard because it's not a lot of data. Mm -hmm. The quality is comparable. It's three hundred and twenty kilobits, mm -hmm. um, which you can go down. You know, most, for instance, most podcasts like this one will be exported at ninety six kilobits because it's just two people talking. Right. Um, but 320 is enough to capture the nuance of dynamics. Yeah, and, it's got more, yeah. Yeah, without, without having it suffer too much. Eventually, things like Wave and AIFF and a lot of lossless compression mm -hmm. would become popular because the computers would be able to handle it. And then yeah, Wi-Fi would be able to handle yeah. it. Ethernet would be able to handle it. Yeah. Um, 5G. That's what 5G. I'm saying. That's going to change everything. Exactly. There was a lot of talk back then about lossless versus lossy compression, mm -hmm. you know, which if you're yeah. not in the know... Um, it's it, it really is the simplest thing when you when when audio is converted to digital sound, mm -hmm. um, it's a complex waveform that then has to get compressed down because usually it takes up so much space right. digitally that there's no way for you to contain it in space in a portable environment. Mm -hmm. yeah. So lossless compression is literally just the actual like it's it's just slightly compressed down to be a file file format right. that will then be played on certain things. Yeah. So like with an AIFF like each song will be like 250 megabytes. Mm -hmm. They're also you... 12 times like larger compared to like a regular MP3. Yeah, there's just so much crazy information yeah. that's in there. And so MP3 yeah. and, and AAC, I guess, to mm -hmm. an extent, would compress it, lossy compression, where there would be nuances and dynamics and things and yeah. um, sound quality dipped down, but at a relative low rate while still making it. So there was this huge push for like... Yeah. There's literally more down. information exactly. in ways compared to MP3. That's yeah. really what streaming is doing nowadays. You mm -hmm. know, so like everything that you hear, and you can change it in options. I believe there's options on things like Spotify yeah. and Google Play you and got, YouTube. You got the premium. Yeah. You got the premium. Yeah. You can um, change the quality of it. I think actually mm -hmm. that's what Tidal based it themselves on. Oh, right. Yeah. You remember Tidal, right? They're like, yeah. It's, <laughs> you remember yeah. <laughs> Tidal. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be a wave. Their whole thing was, yeah, the, the oh quality. Oh, my God. Thing, yeah. I get it. Mm -hmm. I just, I understand why they're called Tidal now. Title. Because it's able to play wave format. Oh shit! Oh, oh my god! Whoa! That's real. That just happened. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Jay Z's. Jay Z's. Jay Z's Jay -Z's got the got the brand on point there. Well, well, he did. I he don't did. know what's yeah. happening now. The fact <laughs> I think that it still exists. You know, but like title officially lost when Lemonade became able to be streamed on everything else. Right. Which just happened. Everybody's like, "What's the point?" Yep. Which yeah. if you listen to Lemonade now, what are you doing? Go listen to Lemonade. Yeah. Go listen to Lemonade. Come back because you can out. now. Yeah, it's been it's been years it's now. Been years. It's, yeah, but title title essentially marketed themselves oh, totally. as not only just a way for artists apparently to get more money for their streams, um, but it allowed you. It was more expensive every month because you were able to listen to audio that wasn't compressed. Like you could listen to Wave yeah. or AIFF right. or any type of format, um, which is supposed to be a marketing point. Yeah, I guess it you, was, get, you get all the audiophile guys that like yep. you know exactly. They marketed it to audiophiles, 
I think they overestimated how much people they they totally like, did. cared about that stuff. They they thought that people cared about it more than yep. the masses do. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's funny. It, the first thing you search into YouTube, one of the first things usually that comes up in the Google searches uh-huh. if you search YouTube is YouTube to MP3 compressor. Oh right. Which is funny because YouTube is already compressed audio. Yeah. It's like so it's if you're <laughs> and that's popular, like compressed, then upload to YouTube compressed. Yeah. yeah. No one gives a shit about it as long as it's free. Yeah. You know? Totally. So. I mean, streaming services and the price points for streaming services, I mean, essentially you pay $10, $15 if you're paying for Tidal uh-huh. um, to stream as much music as you want whenever you want. Yeah. And it, it combated, like, Napster's crusade originally about torrenting and music piracy. And now people will still do it, especially people who care about other people's works. And when the leak gets out, they're like, I'm just going to torrent. But most yeah. people mm-hmm. stream now. Yeah. It's and that's more... at least a good thing. Yeah. You know? Um, how do you listen to music nowadays, to wrap this up? Uh, Spotify. Spotify. I listen to Spotify, and it's basically it. YouTube sometimes. YouTube. Um, I mostly Spotify, yeah. watch a lot of YouTube personally, so mm. I get YouTube Premium because it also comes with Google Play Music. Oh. So it's, oh, it's, right. It's, it's everything. Yeah. Whoa. It's everything. So essentially, most of us listen to it, and we listen on our smartphones, right? There's no media player involved at oh. all. There's so many apps that that have their own streaming service apps that that you could just listen to, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that's how people do it nowadays. How mostly every yeah, I mean, occasionally like a Bandcamp here, but it's like you got to be on your computer if you want it to work well. And honestly, yeah. the thing that Bandcamp needs to do, and I know they're probably developing it right now, or maybe they're not. They just need to make their player better. Yeah, they need to make a search function better mm-hmm. and like a discover. And not only that, better. whenever I'm playing their music on Bandcamp, mm-hmm. there's always, especially if I'm playing on my phone, mm-hmm. they, does Bandcamp have an app? Is there a Bandcamp app Ooh, where you can a, play stuff? I think they do. They do. Because uh, I don't use it. I just use the regular website. But if Which you're is playing, part of the problem. That's part of yeah, the problem, yeah. really, is what it is. But even if I'm, if I'm listening to music on my laptop, mm-hmm. you play it, and then there's a few seconds to load the next song. So there's no, like... Yeah, when the, you get tracks just, that go yeah. into each other, it's like... Yep, and just on play. that, literally just on that, it is yeah. less... Um, it's because the files are bigger. Convenient, yeah. yeah. It's less convenient. Well, I think you have to upload the wave, but then they play it as an MP3 format, I think, when they play it through their system. Um, is that the case? I don't think so. I think, no? it, I think it plays Do they back play as wave a full they... wave. Yeah. But yeah, I could be wrong. I could totally be wrong. Maybe that's just when you download it, because you I can think select that's, what you do. Because I think if you have to upload it to wave mm-hmm. in order for you to... Perf- to um, produce it as Wave, so yeah. people can download it as Wave. But I think they have their own algorithms okay. for converting it to MP3 that's, and stuff. That's probably so. I think that's how is. they play it because yeah. otherwise, I've been fucking the fuck out of yeah. my data. <laughs> um, so that's the problem: is yeah. that it just it's already not as convenient as regular streaming services because yeah. I usually listen to albums full on, Same. and yeah. they have this thing that was the best. This is what streaming revolutionized after that. Like, mm-hmm. normally you'd play a CD and then it would just play everything. Yeah. And streaming would have to load each song individually. Once they figured out how to preload songs to right. make a seamless to experience. To go right into the next one. Yep. And then, of course, yeah. the biggest thing mm-hmm. that streaming has invented, mm-hmm. uh, which I think we all take for granted nowadays, it actually changed the paradigm of how we listen to music because... Um, if you remember, mm-hmm. making cassettes, making CDs, vinyl even, mm-hmm. physical copies, albums. Yeah. Like, listening to a piece of music from front to back. Yeah. Singles. It's all about the singles with the streaming. Yeah. yeah. And then when media players came out, all of a sudden, you could mm-hmm. listen to whatever you want. You could put singles and whatever, start right. making it come back. Now, people almost exclusively, mm-hmm. and we're talking about the mass populace, yeah. not people like, you know, who are music lovers, you know, will listen to music as playlists. Right. That's the big thing that's nowadays. That's a new thing. And that's, that's what streaming did. Thing. Yeah. Because yeah. what you could do is, since you had the entirety of the recorded history of everyone's music library mm-hmm. in front of you, you could just pick and choose wherever you wanted, and it's so much easier to make a playlist. And that you know? changed that changed so many things, including yeah. like how songs are promoted and like how albums are released. Mm-hmm. And like it changed a lot of things. Yeah. Did you know that when Migos came out with Culture 2, uh, they created a playlist that they put on their Spotify that's literally just the album, which is already 24 tracks, Okay. Three times. Whoa. Yeah. And they made that. a playlist and then just presented that so they could get better stream revenue. Oh, I see. Gaming the system. Whoa. Yeah. Or that band that just did like, you know, it was like a second of like silence and it was just nothing and they just racked up like a ton of money. Oh my God. That. You're right. That was, oh, yeah. was that Wolfpack? I think Wolfpack did something. They did something they like did that something where they, they, they like uploaded that. a silent album. Yeah. That's what, 
I think it was in uh, resistance to something or yeah. They're like, just put it uh, put it on when you go to bed. Put it on yep. loop and uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it, yeah, streaming changed so many like just the way people react with 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 artists and how they put out music. It's, yep. it's really wild to think about. So the players have changed, the headphones have changed. Mm -hmm. So freaking, I I mean, I just use Bluetooth headphones now. Mm -hmm. You know, like use we used to have a qui uh, wired headphones. Now we don't. We have Bluetooth. Um, the locales have changed now. Like we could just listen to music wherever we want to, mm -hmm. whatever music we want to listen to. Yeah. Do you think that there's a what's what would be the next step? The next step. Yeah. Like mm. streaming is a thing now. Can we even conceive of what could potentially be the next step? Like if just imagine any kind of technology is possible because mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. What's the next step? Maybe like. I mean, this is really out there, but like, just not even having some sort of like bio, like not even having the need for a physical like ear, like ear, like headphones or anything. It's kind of just like have a streaming is so data is so widely available and it's so fast and it's so like we just have it in our brains. We just have it in our in our brains, and that sounds like really science fiction, but like I think that could be something that could that could be a reality. I mean, honestly. That, think about it. Like that can, is not that far out there. I know it's not because I mean you think about all the applications for that, like music. You could like you know like um, military. Like there's so many things for that 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 you could come out of it. I don't yeah. know. I think that might be the future. It probably is. Maybe. Who knows how long this future is though? Uh, I'll put fifty bucks down on it. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna hold you to it. Yeah. Twenty years from now, I'll yeah. gotta wait till my paycheck. I'm going to send you a mind message. Right. That says, yeah. Hey, remember that time <laughs> that you put down fifty bucks? Yeah. Here you go. Except I'll Venmo it to you because Venmo is going to be a thing of the past. Yeah, at some right. Point. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, however you are listening to this podcast, uh, whether or not you're listening to it on streaming services, mm -hmm. uh, or on TikTokPodcast.com, <laughs> do it right there. Um, or you've managed to find, you've downloaded this podcast and burned it to a CD, or somehow you have then put it on tape. Props if you did. Or you vetched it into a vinyl and are listening to it in your home. Um, just know that. Uh, the world has changed so much since the first Sony Walkman, and we are essentially different people now because of it. It's wild. It's true. But hey, we wouldn't be loving music if if not for it. It's I true. mean, we all grew up being able to listen to music portably uh, wherever we wanted to, and and that helped us. That helped fuel our appreciation of it. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. So whatever music you may be listening to, don't take it for granted that you're listening to it on the bus. You fuck, because. <laughs> it wasn't a thing 30, 30 or 40 years ago. Right. You know? Well, uh, that is about it. I think we ran a little long, but you know what? It was such a fascinating conversation. I don't mind. Yeah. Kurt, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, he, again, is in a band called Sea Salt. Check out Frames. It's great. You're coming out with a new album. Uh, sometime you said this year, maybe. Sometime this year. You're working on it right now? Fall. We'll say fall. We'll say fall. We'll say fall. We'll say fall will mean winter. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's Early it. winter. Exactly. Go check out his music. He's great. Um, and he's from Seattle, which is great. As I hopefully assume you are, if you're not, come vacation. It's uh, pretty nice right now. Yeah. Maybe a little partly cloudy uh, in a moment. Who knows? Partly cloudy with uh, light traffic heading south on <laughs> I-5. Light traffic. <laughs> a slap in the face. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we will catch you next week with another cool talk about music. Check us out at tapedeckpodcast.com. We've got all the good music for you music lovers out there. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.